Welcome to the Vibrant Humans podcast, episode number eight. Today, we're continuing the conversation about imposter phenomenon with exploring specific subtypes and starting to figure out how we can cope with it in our lives. I'm your host, Sarah. I love all things books, yoga, food, traveling, and meaningful conversations that create genuine connections. I'm a wife, a foster and adoptive and biologic mom to four lovely humans, ranging from age 17 months to 11 years, and we live just outside of Columbus, Ohio, and I work as a hospice and palliative medicine physician. I've been on a deep dive personal growth journey for the past few years, as I have struggled with people-pleasing, anxiety, overwhelm, perfectionism, chronic self-doubt, and managing my stress and emotions, and I've learned so much about myself and my relationships. I started this podcast as a way to connect with others and share some of my experiences and what I've learned that has helped me. And this time is also a regular practice of showing up for myself and taking imperfect action every week, even when it's uncomfortable to put myself out there. My hope is that you will gain some of your own insights and ahas that help you to learn more about yourself and navigate your own life and to feel more aligned, alive, and empowered every day. Hey loves, happy Wednesday. I hope that your week has been wonderful and your last weekend was good. Um, I had an awesome last weekend. Uh, I was able to go to Knoxville and have a little reunion with some of my very best friends from medical school. And um, it was short but sweet and just so nice to catch up with them and what's been going on in their lives. Um, you know, we've been, it's been 10 years since we graduated, so it's crazy. Uh, and it was just, it was just very restorative for me um, to reconnect with them and have that time. Uh, and I'm very thankful that my hubby was able to hold the fort down here at home with the kids so that I was able to go. Um, so last week, we talked about what imposter phenomenon is and how it can look in our lives, how it can show up and about how common it is as a human experience and some of the um, kind of cultural messaging and family programming that we can get over the years that can contribute to it showing up in our lives. Um, And I did get feedback from some of you who definitely resonated with having the same experience and feeling alone in it um, or just never having kind of verbalized and talked about how you experience it. So I think it's just a good reminder and I'm glad that um, I was able to kind of bring some more awareness and a sense of, you know, this being such a common human experience um, and just a reminder for, you know, we experience a lot of good, bad, and hard together and you're you're certainly not alone. Uh, Today I wanted to talk a little more about the five different types of imposter syndrome Um, And as I kind of go through the descriptions of each, uh, I want you to think about which type or types may show up the most for you and ones that you um, identify the most with that um, you often experience at work or at home or any combination. So the five types are the perfectionist, 
the natural genius, the soloist, the expert, and the super person. Uh, to give a bit more detail for each one. So first off, the perfectionist type. Um, these people rarely feel satisfied with themselves or with their lives. And um, they tend to focus on their flaws and not so much on what's gone well. Uh, they have a fear of losing control. Um, so an example of this to give you um, more context, it might be, you know, someone... Uh, giving a very important presentation um, in front of a lot of people and they get really good feedback, um, but they can't help but fixate on this one small part that they just wish would have gone differently or they would have phrased differently. And maybe no one even noticed or said anything about this, most likely. Um, the next type is the natural genius. So these people, they tend to link their individual value to their ability to um, be able to master a specific set of skills. And so when they have a hard time learning something new to them, um, they're really hard on themselves and they feel deeply inadequate. Uh, there's usually an underlying fear of failing at something new and the shame that they would feel as a result of failing or what they perceive as failing. So, um, this might be, you know, someone who has always done really well on tests and like standardized things and assessments, um, and they may not have even had to try that hard or had minimal effort. Um, but as they kind of start to get that reputation, uh, it, then they're very worried about, you know, trying new things for fear of failing. Um, the next type is the soloist. So these people tend to pride themselves on doing everything on their own and never needing to ask for help. Um, they might take on a lot of extra responsibilities and have a lot of pressure and stress, um, but, but still avoid asking for any help because they're worried that others will believe like they can't do it all on their own and they view asking for help as being weak um, and shameful and saying something about them. Um, the expert type, these people have very highly developed skills and achievements in their area, uh, but they still feel like they're not enough, no matter kind of what level of achievement they acquire, how many trainings, how much education um, that they have. An example for this type might be someone who has decades of experience in a certain role um, as a, in a leadership position, but still feeling deep, deeply inadequate um, and that they're not doing a good enough job and that others are um, smarter and more capable than they are. Um, there's usually just that fear of deep inadequacy and being exposed to others. Uh, and then lastly, the superwoman, superman type, uh, they fear that other people don't see them as capable of success. And so they push themselves beyond their limits to continually try to prove themselves. Um, and there's usually belief here that uh, having time for rest or having free time is lazy and that they always need to be working or being productive to um, prove themselves. And generally people who have less privilege in our society and who face um, bias and systemic oppression, like women, people of color, et cetera, um, they, they have added pressure 
to prove their value to their communities, to their employers, and to society as a whole. Um, so those are the five different types of imposter syndrome that are commonly described. And I'm curious of which type or types that you found yourself resonating most with as um, I described more about each type. Uh, for myself, I uh, find that there's lots of them uh, that I identify with, but I'd say primarily the the soloist, the perfectionist, and the expert um, resonate the most. And a little more context, I think, to share with you, um, I definitely have beliefs that I need to continually be tweaking and fixing things about my life and about myself. Um, everything from like my morning schedule to how I parent to how I show up at work to just, you know, knowing more and doing more. Um, I take in a lot of information and I do have a natural curiosity and like desire to learn, but I think that I have a, um, a pretty harsh inner critic if I um, am learning things and wanting to implement them or change something. And if I don't follow through in the way I want to, or I don't show up or like act in the way I want to, um, I can be, uh, pretty critical of myself. Um, and I think that that's somewhat out of the fear that, you know, I should be learning more, changing more, or doing it at a faster pace. Um, and I also am pretty resistant to asking others for help, um, as I want to, uh, do things on my own. I don't want to add anything to anyone else's plate. Um, and I, I, think deeply I do want to be perceived as, you know, not needing help and being able to handle everything. Um, so that's the, the types of imposter syndrome. And moving on to more about what we can do when we recognize that um, we're experiencing this and it's showing up. Uh, I think it's important to note that I don't think there's just, you know, a protocol we can use or, you know, just be able to follow 10 steps and, and get rid of it or cure it forever. Um, but I do think that we can recognize where it's showing up for us and start to challenge um, the truth of it. Uh, I think that oftentimes we you know, are able to find new ways of thinking or trying to think about things about ourselves and our capabilities that may serve us better. Um, and like a lot of things that are really deeply rooted and that we believe for a long time um, that we may want to change, we are aiming to increase our awareness and remind ourselves that it's a practice and that we are absolutely just focusing on making small shifts and small progress, um, but not aiming for perfection, because of course we know it's impossible. Um, and so first just reminding ourselves that we're not alone in this, and it's so, so common to have these um, feelings of being an imposter. That is a great first step, just to note. And then we can start to practice paying attention to what our actual thoughts are when we are experiencing imposter phenomenon and trying not to judge our thoughts, but just really becoming aware of what's actually going through your head. So they may be thoughts like, I'm not cut out for this, or I'm not qualified to do this, or I'm going to mess this up. Um... Then you can take a step back and consider 
the evidence to support things. So um, looking for objective accomplishments or achievements and positive feedback and support that you've received, um, you might find that you'll uh, there's actually more evidence than you think at first glance, um, and that practicing empowering thoughts, either internally, just saying them um, silently, or writing them down, or even saying them out loud can be helpful. Uh, so thoughts like, I'm capable, I can do this, I've done hard things before, um, I have the skills to handle this, or like, I have I know what tools to use to work through obstacles. Those can all be helpful thoughts uh, and reminders to come back to when those imposter syndrome thoughts are popping up. And something that's been helpful for me when I have uh, thoughts or beliefs of being inadequate is just really to take a pause um, and challenge that thought. So I often might hear a voice, the voice in my head as being like truth, like you're not good enough or um, you're not, you can't do this. And just kind of pushing back and asking myself like, oh, is that even true? Uh, or is it just something that I'm believing right now? And that's really helpful for me to um, shift in the moment and help myself to kind of reframe. Um, it may be helpful to share what you're thinking and feeling about the situation with someone like a trusted colleague or friend or mentor, uh, because they can usually usually relate to you from a similar time that they felt uh, the same sort of way, and then maybe offer you um, an alternative, more fact-based, objective perspective um, for your current situation. And if we want to try to work on building more self-acceptance and a sense of more self-worth, um, that's great. And that's a great goal. And just recognizing that this does take time and practice. Um, but talking with our partner or a coach or a therapist, it can be helpful to start to recognize and challenge that inner critic that most of us have in our heads. Um, and knowing that, you know, always striving, trying harder or believing that we're never going to be enough, that truly is exhausting and it depletes energy rapidly. Um, and living with, with these underlying beliefs, it can be so draining as well. And it really truly isn't serving us well. Um, it can lead to burnout, hopelessness, and definitely negative effects on our own well-being and our own mental health. Um, but the core of imposter syndrome is that the underlying thoughts that we have that lead to the experience of it, they're not actually true. They may pretend to be true in facts, but they are not. And I believe that talking about um, the experience of feeling like an imposter is super important. And just by naming it, being open and sharing about it um, will allow others to feel seen and like they're not alone either in their experience. And acknowledging that there's sometimes or a lot of the time just doing that is an important first step to help making uh, help you to make a change. So you can start to notice what situations or environments that the imposter phenomenon seems to show up most for you. And to just be curious and take note of these situations and try your best not to judge yourself. As women, 
We are socialized to believe a lot of times that wanting to be successful, however you define success personally, that that's like a a selfish desire and that success is out of reach for us. Um, Even that success is not for us as much as it is available for men and that we have to work twice as hard to get half as much respect. So if you unconsciously have these beliefs and you know, that you're not worthy or capable of success, it can worsen imposter syndrome and become somewhat of a self-fulfilling prophecy that's holding you back from doing what you really want to do and creating a life that you truly desire. Uh, There's really so much to talk about with this topic, and in an effort to not make these episodes super lengthy, I'm going to stop here for today's episode, and then we'll finish up next week with some more um, practical ways to continue to challenge your feelings of being an imposter and to empower you with some alternative perspectives and practices to try. Uh, As always, I appreciate you listening in more than you know, and I hope that you got something out of this episode. Please, please don't forget to subscribe in whatever podcast app you are listening in and share with a few people um, who you think would benefit from hearing this and um, who you would like to have, you know, conversations with about this topic. Uh, I'm here to support you guys, encourage you, and I wish you an amazing rest of your week. I can't wait to connect with you and continue this discussion. Um, Remember that you're not alone and you are worthy of so much acceptance and belonging and love and joy. And I will see you all here next week. Goodbye.